my friends, our Lenten journeys have a very purposeful pattern to them. Every year, our Lenten journeys begin on Ash Wednesday with the same message. Jesus inviting each of us to root out any hypocrisy that may be in our lives. Jesus calling all of us to repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus calling all of us to prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, all not for uh, the praise of other human persons, but only for the glory of God. And we lined up here in our beautiful church and we received our ashen crosses, outward signs, big signs on the most public uh, place of our bodies uh, to uh, declare to everyone we saw that day that we know that we are sinners and that we need a savior and that we have fallen in love with our savior who has become flesh and dwells among us that he won our salvation on the cross. Every year that first Sunday of Lent, last Sunday, we meditate on Jesus's temptation in the desert. And every year on this, the second Sunday of Lent, we meditate on his transfiguration. Last week, we remember Jesus was driven into the desert by the Holy Spirit. And we were all invited to allow the Holy Spirit to drive us to, to drive us into our Lenten journey deserts. This week, Jesus leads. He leads Peter, James, and John up a high mountain. And we too are being invited into that same high top mountain experience. Last week, Jesus, of course, was tempted by the devil, tempted to reject the way of suffering and the cross, which was the Father's will. We, too, are invited, or were invited, like Jesus, to reject temptations and to pick up our own crosses. This week, God puts Abraham to the test, a very difficult test. He puts us to the test as well. In recognition that as St. Augustine so importantly said, no one knows himself, no one knows herself, except through trial. It is the difficulties in our lives that can uh, cause us to turn to the Lord and the Lord will come to help us not just know him, but to know ourselves better through suffering. You know, last week we focused on Jesus's humanity focus on the reality that he took on our human nature. It says that he was hungry. This week, we focus on his divinity, that Jesus is God in the flesh, God made man, that Jesus is transfigured, that his divinity in a certain sense is leaking out of his humanity, that his glory is partially shown, partially unveiled. Those three men were so amazed, Peter hardly knew what to say and uh, just had that nervous chatter. Last week, we were reminded that we are prone to temptation and often fall into sin. Perhaps like me, you do not need a reminder. This week, we are being reminded, as we are really always, of God's mercy. 
and that we are called to have humble confidence in the Lord, that we are called to totally trust in him and his plan, that we are called to have humble confidence and total trust in God's merciful love. My friends, this is the common theme that echoes really throughout today's readings. In the transfiguration in today's gospel, Jesus was on his way to the cross. He was journeying to Jerusalem to, do, to endure his passion for you and me. It was in the last weeks of his earthly life. And his bloody death would be a cause for scandal. It would be a great temptation to the early church. Pope St. Leo the Great in the Liturgy of the Hours for today says the great reason for this transfiguration was to remove the scandal of the cross from the hearts of his disciples and to prevent the humiliation of his voluntary suffering from disturbing the faith of those who had witnessed the surpassing glory that lay concealed. There's so much there, my friends. Jesus is uh, giving his closest collaborators a, a simply a look, a glimpse of his glory, the glimpse of the reality of who was standing in their midst. And he did this to strengthen them after he endures the cross so they would have humble confidence despite it. Holy Mother Church calls us today. Holy Mother Church is always calling us to have total and humble confidence in the Lord. But it seems to also recognize what is possible in us through prayers. I think that is another, through faith and prayer, of course, I think that is another lesson Holy Mother Church is teaching us today. This first reading from the book of Genesis, that very familiar story of Abraham and Isaac, Recall the story of Abraham, such a good story, our story in a, in a beautiful sense. You know, he was not called until he was 75. 75, told to go. Not a lot of information. Abraham, trust me, go. I have a plan. Just pick up everything you have, go. And he had to wait. And he had to wait some more. And he had to wait even longer. 11 years for a glimpse of the promise. 11 years till he had the birth of Ishmael, 86. But he was not the heir. And so he had to wait some more. And he'd wait and wait until he was 100 when Isaac was born. His heir, finally, the promise, the promised heir that I will be a father of a great nation, the Lord had told me so long ago. And now he's told he has to sacrifice his son. Sacrifice his beloved son. Take your son Isaac, your only one whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a holocaust and a height that I will point out to you. Imagine this scene. We will never be asked to do this, by the way. But imagine what was going through the heart and mind of Abraham. He was filled with such joy having his son. And many years together, this was not a child, right? Strong enough to carry the wood of the sacrifice, uh, uh, intellectually sound enough to realize something's missing. We need a sacrifice, Dad. 
And so uh, strong enough to be able to take care of dad was now well into his hundreds. This was not a child. Imagine the scene. Imagine what must have been going on in Abraham's mind after being so faithful his whole life. After finally seeing a, a beautiful reality of the promise in his midst in his son Isaac. Now he's asked to sacrifice. Imagine the sleepless night before that journey. Imagine walking with his son. Imagine him reaching for the knife. And now imagine the total relief when the angel calls out to him, Abraham, Abraham, and he says, here I am. Here I am. Do not lay your hand on the boy. I know now how devoted you are to God, since you did not withhold from me your only beloved son. You know, Abraham is our father in faith. He had total and humble confidence in the Lord and was rewarded for it greatly. We get a real hint into what was going on into Abraham's heart and mind uh, through the writings of St. Paul in the book of Hebrews. He reminds us that uh, Abraham, while he knew that everything, even life itself, belonged to the Lord. And God, who had called him, he was quite certain of this, could raise his son from the dead. He had total confidence. This is not my plan. <laughs> this is not how I saw this playing out. But I know that you have told me that my heir is Isaac, and then from Isaac will come a great nation. You must be able to raise him from the dead. You know, Abraham, though, is not the only one with faith in this important historical event. Isaac, too, had incredible faith. He is, after all, what we call a type of Christ. He could have fought back. He's, he's much stronger now than an aged father. He was, allowed himself to be bound uh, and placed on the wood pile. He did this willingly. He trusted the father. Their wills were perfectly united. So too we see with St. Paul in the second reading from the book of Romans. Total trust, humble confidence. If God is for us, well, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else with him? Total trust, humble confidence. Confidence in the Lord's merciful love. You know, God had a plan for Abraham, a plan that would bring a blessing literally to the whole world. God also has a plan, my friends, for each of us. And like Abraham, God's plan is life-changing. It's family-altering. It's even world-changing. It has great consequences that, uh, that ripple well beyond resting throughout the whole world. Because we are all called. And perhaps like Abraham, God is giving us precious few details along the way. And we're called to trust. We're called to greater levels of humble confidence. But we can be sure, we can be sure that God's plan is better than ours. 
It's better than ours, that is, if ours are not consistent with his. And that it will bring us greater levels of peace and joy and fulfillment as a human person and, please God, eventually eternal happiness. We simply have to go up the mountain. We have to go up the high mountain and get quiet and listen to him. My friend, salvation is a process and it's always initiated by the Lord. Grace is freely and abundantly given and totally unmerited. Even the most saintly of us here, unmerited grace. We're all being called to cooperate with this abundant grace. Because note, uh, Jesus told Peter, James, and John not to relate what they had seen to anyone except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Perhaps a surprising commandment. He told them not to tell anyone. No doubt because he had more to say. He had to show them what true and unconditional love looks like. He had to endure the cross for them and for you and for me. But also, it seems, because no one can have high, top, high mountaintop experiences for us. Please, God, we have truly saintly people in our lives that help us along the way, but they cannot have the desert. They cannot have the mountaintop experiences for us. We must do this. We must allow the Holy Spirit to drive us in to the desert ourselves. We must go up the high mountain ourselves. We must struggle through life's difficulties, persevering in our search, fine, supported by those who love us, supported by the church, no doubt supported by the Lord. But only then will we truly experience the transfigurational moments in which God reveals himself to us more perfectly. And along the way, we come to know who we are more accurately. God is calling us to be truly generous, calling us to be truly generous like Abraham and Isaac, and his plan does require that we totally trust him, that we have humble confidence in the Lord. These two historical events uh, uh, of the transfiguration, the Abraham and Isaac story, I think they're here to encourage us. They're here to instill that faith that we received so long ago at our baptism. They're to get us through those moments in which God's plan seems a little confusing at times. And so we are all, my friends, on our Lenten journeys. We're doing this together. And this is, in part, what our Lenten journeys are about instilling in us a greater level of humble confidence. Our Lenten goal, after all, is the resurrection. Our Lenten goal is our own transfiguration. Ultimately, our Lenten goal is heaven, union with God and eternal life. My friends, I pray your Lenten plans are going well. If they are not, or maybe you have not even yet made a Lenten plan, today is a new day. Today is the beginning of a new week. A new day, a new week to confidently Trust the Lord in his plan. And if necessary, just get back up. Get back up and seek the God of love and mercy. Allow him to lead all of us up that high mountain 
in faith, embracing the pattern of our Lenten journeys, embracing its order. May God be praised. Amen.